Praise the Lord and welcome to New Life. I'm Pastor David Kufall. New Life Church is located at 1021 South Center Street in Wapaton, North Dakota. And we are glad that you have joined us. Um, you've joined us right in the middle of our worship service. And we're glad that you are here with us today. Um, today I'm going to be preaching about seeking revival. So I hope you stay with us throughout the whole um, program this morning. And uh, we love it when you come and get together with us each and every week. Um, go ahead. And now this. Praise the Lord. Seeking revival. I think you've had to be under a rock if you haven't really um, noticed everything on social media for over a week now. Um, the revivals that are happening around the country at our college campuses. Um, Asbury University in Kentucky. Um, Lee our Lee University in um, Tennessee, and there's a whole list of other schools where this is happening. However, you know what? We need revival ourselves right here in Wapiton, North Dakota. We need to see the, the Lord move here. If we're going to change this culture, we need a move from the Lord. Can you say amen? amen? Come on. And well, let's let's turn right to the scripture. And I'm going to start here with Psalm 85 and um, verses 6 and 7. And, and David writes this. He says, King David, will you not revive us again? that your people may rejoice in you? Hmm. Show us your mercy, Lord, and grant us your salvation. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you and praise you for this message. Lord, I am so grateful to see those great revivals that are happening on our college campuses, Lord where you are touching our young people, Lord. The very ones we have been praying for. Lord, I pray that you will raise up leaders, men and women, Lord, that will preach your word, the whole word. And Lord, and all the people who are coming to these college campuses to bring their children to show them what you are doing, Lord. Let everyone who comes be touched by the Holy Spirit. But Lord, we need revival to sweep through the whole land, a great awakening, Lord. Lord, have your way at new life. Have your way in our lives. Have your way here, Lord, and let revival spark here as well. Not, and Lord, we just want you to be lifted up. 
Not any one personality in our church. But Lord, you lift it up. That you would be the one. And the Holy Spirit would lead us and guide us. Lord, we come before you humbly. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Because Lord, we need your anointing. We need your touch. In Jesus' name. When King David wrote this psalm, it was during a low point in his life and for the kingdom of Israel. This was written during Absalom's rebellion when a civil war gripped the land. Absalom was David's son. And he had not forgiven his father, and we won't go into all the details what happened there, but his father had nothing to do with the problem. It was one of Absalom's brothers, but Absalom was not happy with how David was, didn't punish his brother. And so Absalom started to undermine King David's authority, and pretty soon he had turned a lot of the nation against, against David. And David's been on the run. And he's gone back to the, he's on his way to the former capital of Israel, Manhattan. On the other side of the Jordan, because it would be safer for, the, for him to run the, army from there from the old capital and boy everybody on the other side of the jordan opened up their arms and welcomed him over to that part of the kingdom i bet you didn't know that over in jordan um, israel also had part of the kingdom and king saul ruled from that side because of the philistines i bet you didn't realize that um, we don't touch on that much in sunday school do we on those kind of things but that's where he went. And he writes this psalm, and in the middle of the psalm he says, Will you not revive us again? That has been the cry of so many of us. Of so many of us. Will you not revive us again? Ever since I've put this sermon together this week it seems like the enemy just wants it not to get out i think they're having you're having some technical difficulty not hearing me but it will be fixed later on also turn on your turn on the the um closed caption for them so they can at least read and then it'll be fixed later on because uh, the podcast is getting it But this is what the church needs to pray at this time. Lord, will you revive us again? But you know what the problem is? Most of us are going to sleep and slumbering. Most Christians are sleeping and slumbering instead of wanting to see revival happen in their lives. Um, you know what? Maybe we need to get rid of comfortable seating in church once and again and go back to wooden pews. I'll tell you what, 
Um, um, no, we're not going to do that. But I'll tell you what, where these revivals are happening, they didn't go to the brand new chapels. They went into the old chapels and they, with the wooden pews and they've been staying all night long and nobody's sleeping in church. They're wanting to be so close to God. Wake up! It's time to wake up out of your slumber. That's been the problem in the church in America. We're asleep. We don't even see the changes that are happening around us. We don't even notice that we're losing our country. Did you know that? And pretty soon, you will be under a dictatorship if we don't wake up. And the only thing that's going to stop it is if the church wakes up out of its slumber and gets real with God again. Because what the church needs to do is recapture this generation that's alive today with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We really do. 47% of millennials do not believe there is a God. And we think that we're okay. No wonder our nation's a mess. What have you been doing to, to introduce them to Jesus Christ? I've been sleeping. I've been slumbering. Don't bother me with the facts. But we won't like the place. I don't recognize our country anymore. This is not the country I grew up in. If we're not careful, the president we have right now could end up being our last president, the way we have presidents. But the church needs to pray. The church, it's time. Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? And I like verse 7. Show us your mercy, Lord, and grant us your salvation. We learned in Sunday school, you're the body of Christ. Are we going to act like it? Let's move on. We got a lot of work to do this morning as the body of Christ. I'm, I'm looking forward to that part. Revival and repentance go hand in hand. Did you know that? Revival and repentance goes hand in hand. Let's turn over to Isaiah 57. Don't lose your spot in Psalms because we'll go back there. <laughs> I went right past it. Isaiah 57 and verse 15. For thus says the high and lofty one, that's God if you didn't know that, who inhabits eternity, whose name is, I love this, holy. We could have sang that song this morning. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth. Oh, there you go. I was wondering if somebody was going to join me are filled with your glory. I dwell in the high and holy place. This is still God talking. With Him who has... Con I dwell in the high and holy place. 
Now listen to this. This deals with you. If you want him to dwell in the, if you want to dwell with God in the high and lofty places, what you got to do with him, with her who is has a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble. We got to get rid of our haughtiness. Huh. You really want me to go there? We got to stop. We got to get rid of our haughtiness that says, I want my own way all the time. That's what gets in the way of husbands and wives. You know that? I want my own way all the time. It's not just finances. I will revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite one. You know what contrite means is to repent. Don't tell me that there's nothing that we need to repent of. I'll tell you what, if we haven't been sharing the gospel with anybody, we need to repent of not being obedient to the word of God. But I bet there's other things we need to repent of. Oh, I bet... Except for Hal, who's almost perfect. He's trying to be almost perfect because at his age, he's trying to get into heaven. <laughs> but all you need to do is be saved to get into heaven, right? But if, you, if you're struggling with anger, repent of it. If you, whatever it is, repent of it. If you're still serving technology, repent of it. Oh... Did you know that technology, did you know we get that word that Paul uses about the false gods that were on Mars Hill? He uses the word for the, those false demonic gods that were on Mars Hill when he went up to preach. And, and he used the word techni, where we get the word technology. And did you ever wonder why you can't keep your hands off your phone? Are you serving the God of technology? Is, is technology more important? And, and you know there's a lot of gateways on technology. There's a lot of good that we use. I use, I use it to get the words on the screen and on the, uh, on the videos. There's a lot of good, but there's a lot of dark alleys along there, aren't there? There's a lot of places you don't want to go. Technology. We're serving technology and we're, we're in love with technology so much that we can't keep our hands off of it. Maybe you need to have a technology fast. But maybe, maybe what you really need to do is repent of serving the God of technology. Rabbi Khan in his book, The Return of the Gods, has a whole chapter and he talks about that. Right in there. He doesn't go far enough. But he, he talks about that in one of his chapters. All the old evil that was there before the gospel was preached is coming back into the land. It's just retooled, renamed. They put lipstick on a pig and people are buying into it.
You know what the gospel did? It expelled all those old gods. It expelled them all into the wilderness. And now they're trying to reclaim our sons and daughters. And we need to put a stop to that. How much, how much do you want revival? How much do you want it? How much do you want to have your have that renewal? How much do you want to have that spark ignited in your heart? Is there a price for revival? Yes, there is. Some of you have never experienced a revival in your life, and I miss it. Every time I tried to get it sparked in our church, we, we have the opportunity to have it now. But for years, every time I tried to get that spark ignited in our church, all of a sudden, someone in the church would come and throw water on it. From a, a very, should have an unlikely source. There was one time I was going around prophesying over people and I got attacked after church from an unlikely source that should have never done it because they were supposed to... Never mind. Whenever you take a stand for God, don't be surprised that attacks come from without the church and within. Oh my word, all week long. I've, God had me put this sermon together because... I know he wants us to hear this. I needed this as well. My word, everything that could go and, and, and get me out of a good mood. Oh, my word, I just knew. Mm. And the other day, when my wife says, you just need to choose to be in a good mood, and I knew she was right, and I was trying to choose to be in a good mood. All of a sudden, the enemy came in and really attacked. I got in a good mood later on. But boy, oh boy, and even this morning, even this morning. <sighs> I couldn't wait to get to church, though. The price for revival is humility and repentance. But let me tell you something. Revival is worth it. It is worth repenting and becoming humble. Humility will keep you from interfering in your daughter's life. Humility will cause the wife not to be yelling and nagging her husband. Humility will cause the husband to show lots and lots of love and appreciation for all that his wife does. And if he does that and loves her the way Christ loves the church, she'll be happy to stay humble and listen to you and not nag you. But husband, don't be like Hagar the Horrible and ignore the hole in the roof and the broken glass in the windows. 
Helga said to Hagar, you've never fixed a hole in the roof. Look at that snow coming in. He says, no, 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 there's a reason I didn't fix it. She said, why? Because I never unclogged the chimneys. The smoke needs to go someplace. <sighs> Revival is worth it. John chapter 4. Keep your thought there in the sounds because we're going back there. John chapter 4. It's fun to get in your Bible and mark it up when I'm preaching. John chapter 4. You know the lady at the well, the woman at the well? I want you to see what Jesus has to say to her about revival. Why revival is worth so much. John chapter 4, verse 13 Jesus said to her, whoever drinks of this water, the water that was in the well, whoever drinks Jacob's well, this is one of the wells Jacob dug. Oh, by the way, they found Abraham's well. One of his main wells that he dug, they found it now. It's still in great shape. Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, Jesus said. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Is that worth getting revived? Oh my word, I can hear Corey now wanting to sing, Spring up a well within my soul spring up a well and make me whole spring up a well and give to me that life abundantly jesus said i came to give you life and life more abundantly Amen. is revival worth it is it worth to repent is it, worth, is it worth to be humble before the Lord? He, I could have gone to that famous scripture in, in Chronicles, if my people who are called by me, you've heard it so many times during COVID, but nobody would humble themselves. Nobody would get themselves right with God because he said, turn from your wicked way. If we had done that, revival would have came sooner. And God's healing could have gone throughout the land. That doesn't mean we want to face problems with COVID. We're still facing problems. The side effects from the shots. I'm not going to go into that on, online. I'm not a conspiracy person. But now they're trying to figure out how do we deal with some of these side effects for people. And it's, they're real. They're real. Thank God, though, that we don't have the problem we had two years ago with COVID. And I give all the credit to the Lord. Oh, did he? You know what? Those scientists can't find anything without God's help. Because as Solomon wrote, there's nothing new under the sun. God just helped them to find the, the solutions to things. We were watching Star Trek. I'm going to go down a little rabbit trail. We were watching Star Trek last night. Old Star Trek, not the new generation or the other things. The old with Captain Kirk and Spock and all those doctor and Dr. McCoy. 
And they ended up on this planet where as soon as you got on the planet, you got infected with some disease. And it was from the, and they said, and, and, and Kirk said to McCoy, I cannot believe this planet went through something similar like we went through with in the 90s where we used germ warfare against each other. And I thought, oh my word, again, Star Trek first came up with the handheld device along with Dick Tracy. Remember Dick Tracy in the watch phone? Uh, but Star Trek came up with the flip phone, right? And all these wonderful, we didn't have doors that slid open like that until Star Trek came. I mean, all these, you can go to all this technical stuff that was on Star Trek that scientists said, huh, I wonder if we can actually do that. And they found that they can. Um, they've never made a triple, but um, anyway. <laughs> But he said this about the 90s. I said, you know, I can't believe that Gene Roddenberry was prophetic about COVID. He just had it in the wrong time. He needed to wait until 2019, right? He just was a little bit ahead of himself. And what Kirk says, I cannot believe that nations would actually even ponder to do something like that. Of course, McCoy, being McCoy, he discovered while they were stuck on the planet that, um, that now they were like everybody else on the planet. They had herd um, immunity, and they, couldn't, they wouldn't be taking it back to the ship now. And so now they're cured because they now have herd immunity. We've, we heard about that so much during COVID, didn't we? And uh, that's what we are, we're praising God for, is enough herd immunity out there that COVID's been weakened and it's not as scary as it used to be. Right? So, praise the Lord for that. But don't you want those waters of, that, that living water in you? Don't you want to be refreshed by the Lord? That's what revival does. It refreshes you. Aren't you tired of the weight of the world and sin and all this nonsense and the noise, noise, noise. Wouldn't you want to just give it all to the Lord and be refreshed and have your spirit renewed? Jesus presents one of the most simple, common, yet at the same time profound statements ever uttered. The, thing of, the things of the world can never satisfy the human heart and life. No matter how it is acquired, it will never satisfy. But Jesus says, whoever, and that's exactly what it says, whoever accepting Christ quenches the thirst and longing only Christ can fill. And only He can do that for you now in revival. Everything that the world or religion gives pertains to the externals. Did you know that? Everything the world or religion gives pertains to the externals. But what only Jesus can give deals with the core of one's being and is a perennial fountain. Uh-oh, there's another song. There is a fountain flowing from Emmanuel's veins, right? Can we get plugged into Jesus? Can we let Him have His way? Oh, draw near and let the Holy Spirit have His way in your life. 
back to Psalms 85. Psalm 85, 8 and 9. I told you you were going to have to hold your place there. Hmm. Psalm 85, 8 and 9 says, I will hear what God the Lord will speak, for He will speak peace. Oh, don't we need it. Don't you love that? Peace. He is the Prince of Peace. Only He can speak peace. He will speak peace to His people and to His saints. That's you and me. But let them not turn back. Let them not turn back to folly. Uh-oh. Folly? Yeah. Surely His salvation is near to those who fear Him. That glory may dwell in your land. Do you wonder why the false preachers were always trying to tell you you don't have to fear God? Because they didn't understand what true fear was. We have so much awed respect for Him, we don't want to let Him down. <laughs> you older folks know what I'm talking about when I talk about this. Remember when kids had a fear of their mother when mother stayed home and did all the cooking and cleaning and all that stuff? They didn't fear mom. But they feared this one phrase, wait till your father gets home. That means they had gotten mom up to here or maybe up to here with their behavior and they're not listening anymore. And the mom would just say, all right, that's it. Wait till your father gets home. And those kids would be going, we pushed it too far. And they did not look forward to dad's homecoming. Normally they did. Today parents are outnumbered most of the time. <laughs> we need that holy fear to come back into the church where we have such awe and respect that we don't want to let our Heavenly Father down. Our attitude should be, I will hear what the Lord will speak, especially in prayer time. And then it says, do not turn back to your folly, but live for Jesus. Have you turned back to your folly after you got saved? Are you doing the same old, same old that you know that the Lord died for you so you didn't have to? Have you turned away from... Don't turn back to that. that my word. Somebody might say, well, that's, I, I did that when I backslid. Well, and I'm so glad that Jesus comes along and the Holy Spirit comes after us like the Calvary. And you hear that horn... The, the horn of the Calvary, and here he comes flying in there. And usually God gives us enough of a lifeline. Oh, throw out the lifeline. Throw out the lifeline. Just grab a hold of it. Jesus is near. His salvation is near. Jesus is always near. Is near. Accept what Jesus did on the cross for you. He, and he said, it is finished. Meaning it is paid in full. Back in the Old Testament days, they would take you away to prison. If you were found guilty to go to prison, they'd take you in prison, and they would write up the indictment on a piece of paper. 
and then they would nail, they would put you in your cell and nail it to your door, and you were nailed. There, you were you were locked up in that cell until you paid your time. But when you got done with your time, the exact words Jesus said, "It is finished." They wrote across that piece of paper, "It's all paid for. It's all done." And they would hand it to you when you were freed. See, Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin has caused a crimson. Sin was such a stain. But when Jesus' blood, his wonderful blood came, it washed us, our hearts white as snow. I know the hymn says, was such a crimson stain, his blood, it washed white as snow. My friends, time is getting short. Now is the time to enter into what God is doing. Listen, before Jesus comes, there's going to be a great revival that comes to the world. You know, people are flying in from other countries to attend these revivals. People are watching in other countries around the world, even in China, these revivals. Japan. They're not sure what this is, but they can't take their eyes off of it. Tucker Carlson said on Fox News the other night, I, I'm not sure what this is, but boy, we surely need it. He was going to send a film crew down there, and the college, the university called him up and said, don't send them. And he said, usually when they say don't send something, they're trying to cover it up, but not in this case. He says they don't want anybody coming in there and interfering. They don't want anybody to get a big head. He says it's so, so wonderful, and I am happy not to send them. But listen to what Ezra says in chapter 9 of Ezra. Ezra 9 and verse 8. And now for a little while, while grace has been shown from the Lord, our God, to leave us a remnant to escape and to give us a peg in his holy place that our God may enlighten our eyes and give us a measure of revival in our bondage. That takes a little pondering. That peg? Oh, we were just saying, Lord, just let me be a nail in the temple. Just be, let me be a, be a nail in heaven. Just, just, just pound me into heaven so that I can never be loosed. That's what he's talking about there at the peg. And Jesus said, told us he's coming back, returning for a remnant. Oh, revive us while grace is still here. This is the age. Did you know that right now is the age of grace? We've been living in the age of grace ever since the day of Pentecost. Did you know that? 
but one day the church is going to be raptured and the age of grace is going to come, meaning the age of the church is going to come to an end, or, or as Paul calls it, the age of the Gentiles is going to come to an end and then God's going to focus on Israel once more to bring salvation to Israel. Pretty soon we're going to be out of here, but Jesus says, I'm coming back for a remnant. Are we ready? Are we ready to enter into revival? Are we entering so that we get so excited on fire that others catch it too? You know what's been exciting about the revival that's been happening? It's the Holy Spirit that's been drawing people. The Holy Spirit's been drawing them in. When real revival happens, the Holy Spirit draws. Draw me, draw me, Lord. Come on. It's time. We do not deserve God's grace, but because of Jesus and the cross, He gives us to us. And then if you, we think about that peg or nail, it's what held Jesus to the cross. Let us be that peg. Lord, I want to be so close to You. It was our sins that nailed Him to the cross in the first place. But he said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they do. Aren't you? He still says that. Forgive them. But he said from the cross, it is finished. And if we would understand that, the battle would surely be over. Oh, embrace this wonderful gift that only God can give. Let us pray. Lord, we praise You. We thank You, Lord, for the spirit of revival that is sweeping across our nation. Lord, bring it here. Bring it here to Wapitan, Lord. Let your spirit fall in this place. Refresh us, Lord, because we need it. Not because I said so, but because you want to give it to us, Lord. We ask you in Jesus' name. We need you, Lord. Oh, we need you. So much. Touch us, I pray. Before I let you go, who are viewing online if you haven't asked Jesus into your heart what are you waiting for all you have to do is ask Jesus to come in accept what he's done on the cross for you just say Lord Jesus come into my heart forgive me Lord for all of my sins Lord I want to live for you I believe you died for me and I believe you rose from the dead. Lord, make me your own. If you prayed that prayer with me, welcome to the family of God. It's not the, a secret, magical prayer. It's just believing in your heart that to who you just prayed to. Welcome to his family. I can call you brother and sister now, and that's good.
Let us know that you did that because with the confession of your mouth, those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Just go right now um, on, on uh, YouTube, give me the thumbs up, and on Facebook, give me a, just click on the heart there so that we can be praying for you as you start your journey with Christ. We're so glad that you can join us today at New Life, 1021 South Center Street in Wapaton. Hey, I'm hoping to give you some good results this week about what's going to happen here today. God bless you. I will see you next time.